politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, forgotten fellow American taxpayers and patriots to the one and only Conservative Review podcast here at Conservative Review's Northern Command on Monday. It is the 23rd of March, beyond the Ides of March. It's the second week of the apocalypse, the zombie apocalypse. Or is it the zombie apocalypse? Is the zombie apocalypse our own government? Are we being lied to, folks, about the scope, severity, nature, and timing of this entire thing, thereby driving all of the public policy vices and deleterious consequences, whether it's economic, whether it's letting go criminals. I have an article out today. The Trump administration, Office of Legislative Affairs, sent out an email to a bunch of Senate offices asking them to pass a bill letting out older federal prisoners because of coronavirus. There is something, as I noted last week, very dark going on here. As I noted last week, how could you solve a public policy problem that you don't properly diagnose and define? The same thought process that we used to discover the truth definitively with the so-called opioid crisis. This week, I want to delve into that on a deeper, deeper level. I know many of you have seen Steve Dace's just phenomenal piece at uh, blaze.com you could see it asking the salient questions of we don't even have the data we don't know when this started we don't know the nature of what this is how much was the flu and pneumonia until now or misdiagnosis such but really was coronavirus all along and that plays a huge huge role in determining the denominator of the um scope of cases and therefore the death rate and there's for the severity and how to deal with this from a public policy standpoint so that the response to this doesn't become more deadly and more devastating than the actual crisis especially when put in historical context to annual flu deaths and certainly h1n1 which was uh you know pretty bad Twelve and a half thousand people died in 2009 this is what we need to do you know, most other show hosts, conservative show hosts, are going to do the typical Republican media Teletubby dance. And what do I mean by that? Classic. So Republicans are sitting and pushing a $1.8 trillion bill on top of the first one, which is hundreds of billions. Also, but, but it's all presupposing a certain narrative that not only haven't we confirmed, there are serious questions that seem to debunk it. And the Democrats are like, well, it's not enough. It's classic. Republicans give them everything they want. And rather than standing on principle and saying, wait a minute, we need to focus on the immigration aspects, the deregulation aspects, the decoupling from China, the medical supply chain, and properly balancing the right quarantine in the right areas against the need to put America back to work. And then that would solve much of this problem, you're going to have the gap. You're going to have a little bit of We are going to spend some money no matter what. We get that. But that is the antecedent to the problem. But rather than doing that, Republicans are buying into, yes, we're going to die. Bubonic plague. Yes, yes. How much do you want to spend? And as I noted, it's stupid because it's both 
too much and too little at the same time. It's too much because at a macro level, it's going to bankrupt us. But it's too little because if you're going to drive a narrative that we're going to be months on lockdown, then guess what? No amount of money you could throw at this, certainly not a $1,200 check, is, is going is to be enough to deal with that. And that's the reality. I understand that last week, you know, a week ago, seven to 10 days, depending on where you are, we kind of shut it down because we were scared. There's a lot of conflicting data, different narratives come, coming out of different countries. This is something, a disease we don't know much about. We don't, we don't, we were a little bit scared. I understand. But going on week two and a half of this devastating consequence, rather than going from social distancing to home arrest, and pretty much every Democrat state is doing that now, we need to be saying, wait a minute, don't we need to start moving the other way until and unless we have certain questions answered? And the biggest question is, when did this start? Because that will determine not just how severe this is and the lethality of it, but also what stage we're at in this. Because there's one thing, see, what they are basically pushing a narrative right now that is 100% not true. What is true we're trying to construct? And I'm going to construct it together with you with our special guest. But what is not true is that suddenly in March 5th, which happens to be the date we started testing, we went from zero cases to 36,000 as of this recording. And it's got 10,000, 20, 25, 30, 30. I mean, it's going up. And 50 deaths, 100, 150. Now we're at 460 deaths. So it's not just, well, okay, is, I mean, it's, it's terrible, but, you know, compared to the flu, pneumonia every year, you know, and it is going to go up, but still, you know, how much is it? But it's more than that. They're trying to portend a linear trajectory from zero since March 5th. But we know it was all over February. I mean, the CPAC case was before. We know that the government you know, said the, the first person, not that this is patient zero. We don't have patient zero, and that's the issue. But the first person CDC knows of was January 20th. They put out in a press release a guy who flew from Wuhan to... Um, we don't know the nature of the person, if he was a Chinese national or an American businessman or whatever, but flew from Wuhan to Spokane Airport in Washington State. We do tend to know that Washington State seemed to have it earlier. And by the way, they are flattening out, not so coincidentally, which is a good thing. But dude, if we're seeing all these cases every day we're testing, doesn't that mean that likely we had all these cases in February? And January, here's what we do know incontrovertibly. At the very minimum, this started November 17th in China. After all, it's called COVID-19, 2019, right? Given the amount of travel we have back and forth, it is inconceivable this wasn't brought in within a few weeks, if not days. Certainly an impossibility with the potentially hundreds of thousands of Chinese students who went home for winter break that came back maybe mid-January. That it wasn't brought in then in large numbers. Right? Remember, you know, we, we started testing March 5th. Other countries tested earlier. But even those other countries that tested earlier, how early did they start testing? Because this is not like Ebola, where it's very evident, very distinct. You could 
trace patient one, it's inextricably linked with the flu season and different strains of flu and pneumonia. So we don't know what was going on. And everyone talked about a terrible flu season. I know a lot of you are sending me emails, Steve Dace emails, all over Twitter I see it. I experienced this with my own community, neighborhood, school, family. There were these bizarre, sometimes severe flus that were that tested negative, but lingered for a long time. People said they never saw it before. All over January, perhaps December. So that much I know. Now, the theory, and this is something I don't know, but we have to posit. Could it be that ensconced in a certain number of the 30,000 flu slash pneumonia and particularly pneumonia deaths were already coronavirus. So this is really a lot worse than they're saying it is, but ultimately that means it's better. Why? Because this means that likely millions of people had it, exponentially more millions were exposed to it. Now, you can't keep the numerator at 460 deaths then. It has to be, I would say, three, five, seven, eight thousand probably. Who knows? But that would be well below a 1% fatality rate, much more in line with H1N1 and all the other things we've seen until now. And then, not only is that less severe, that would also demonstrate that we're already millions into this. See, there's one thing if this is new. Oh my gosh, we got to contain it. Shut it down, shut it down, contain it. But if, if this was already our entire flu season and millions were exposed to it, then that's a different public policy solution. Then you go with herd immunity, you lock up the nursing homes, the people who have it, certain vulnerable people, but the rest of the people have to get back to work. Think about it. New York is like Italy, right? New York is like Italy now, 8% death rate. Look at all the cases. Um, Actually, uh, no. New York does have by far the most deaths, 150. Counts for like a third of the deaths in the entire country or New York City. New York State, they say, but it's mainly New York City. But guess what? They have the most testing there, like 16, 17,000. So you do the math, that's 0.8%. They're actually lower than the national average death rate of 1.2, 1.29, which in itself is BS because we don't have the denominator because those are just the people tested. Most of the people not tested are the ones that were asymptomatic, less symptomatic, and didn't get tested. So likely it's much lower than that. And New York, which ironically is somewhat the worst case, also demonstrates it's less. And again, this might explain why, you know, because people say, OK, Daniel, you're right, but you can't deny some hospitals are really having issues. The shortage of ventilators, we never had that before. But again, that could be because it was already baked into the cake from January and February. I know someone who's a doctor in Jacksonville, Florida. And he said they had a patient who was on a ventilator all February. They didn't know what to do with the person. They didn't know what they had. He had. They treated it like pneumonia. They just treated the guy like pneumonia. And he was on a ventilator. Recently, guess what? He tested for coronavirus. Now, it looks like he will recover soon. It looks like he's getting better. Is that what's going on? So, again, this is not to say it wasn't serious. It was a very serious flu season, which ensconced in it was coronavirus for longer than we thought. Which is and, and, and look, a lot of people die, and particularly if you're, you know, if you have lung conditions or you're elderly from pneumonia, it's really bad. But dude, that's a different public policy response. That's what we need to be talking about. One other piece of evidence before I bring on my guest. 
Steve Days pointed out this very important um, point, just to put things in, in, in context. According to um, the CDC, n- quote, nationally, mortality attributed to pneumonia and influenza peaked two times at 7.7% during the weeks ending February 23rd and March 16th. That means that during this period of time, 7.7% of the people who contracted pneumonia and the flu ended up sadly dying. I mean, we're talking about a mortality rate of somewhere between a fraction of 1% and 1%, 1.2%, which again, it's got to be lower than that. And we're shutting down our economy to the point that that in the long run is going to kill people among other problems. But we didn't, you know, when when we had what we thought was pneumonia and the flu killing 7.7% who had it a couple of weeks, we didn't do anything about it. But again, was some of that already coronavirus? That much I don't know, but it really makes you wonder. What I do know is this started in November in China. What I do know is clearly we, it's inconceivable. Well, we definitely had a case in January 20th, but that means we likely had many. And that this, the numerator and denominator are both higher, but that means the death rate is really lower. This is the debate Congress needs to have before destroying our country. One person who has done a tremendous amount of research is my former colleague, Jordan Shackdale. He's an in, in, independent investigative journalist now, really focuses a lot on foreign policy, but, but very, very good stuff. You got to look at his Twitter feed at Shaktel Jordan. This is one of your top five Twitter feeds you need to follow to get informed on what's going on. So uh, Jordan joins me today to give us a briefing of how we got here and what is going wrong. Let's compare some of the countries. Let's try to pe- we're not going to have all the answers, but let's try to get as much as we can. Hey, Jordan, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, Daniel. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. All righty. You heard my filibuster. You heard it all. I want you to take it from here. Um, what it, something is funny. It's not like we didn't know about this. We knew about it from mid January and now we know retroactively it was there since November, but suddenly at the beginning of March, we went nuts, shut down, like just crazy right around the time when we started testing. And as if this is the bubonic plague, could you reconstruct for us what happened that led to this? our government's reaction, and why do you think it's wrong? So about a couple of weeks ago, the president, whose team was actively working on you know, this coronavirus response, pretty rational response we were seeing out of the White House, out of state policy. You know, They were taking it as a serious threat, trying to learn new information, but did not institute any particular you know, draconian measures. Um, you know, some people argue that maybe they were a little late to the game, you know, shutting down our big entertainment centers. But um, regardless of all of that, there was a single study that came out of Imperial College, UK, that basically set off this massive panic. Um, this team of scientists actually met with the White House Coronavirus Task Force and presented them with the, these projections they had showing an exponential curve that this coronavirus was unlike any other virus in human history. And they, you know, this is 
while we were kind of seeing reports coming out of Wuhan, China, um, it was very unclear how it was spreading, what the transmission rate was, what the death rate was. You know, sure. We weren't really getting any, it was hard to see like what was censored, what was not censored, but they saw this terrible situation in China and they decided to draft up these projections and their projections showed if we don't act now, 2 million Americans are going to die um, in a matter of weeks and the entire country is going to get coronavirus. It's going to cripple our economy. It's going to cripple our healthcare system. And so these people put this information on the president's desk and insisted that this was the case. And a lot of people, including states governors, decided to react in a dramatic fashion um, without really coming to understand what this virus was all about, because it was basically mm -hmm. the equivalent of saying to the president, hey, a nuclear bomb is in the air heading to Washington. You have, yep. you know, five minutes to act. What are you going to do? So the president um, had no, you know, kind of boxed into a corner. Sure. He pushed the button, right? So um, then we saw this domino effect happening in the states where all the states governors said like, oh, my God, you know, I don't want to be the one caught holding the bag. So they started to shut everything down. But it's very important to point out um, that this all came from a single scientific study led by one epidemiologist and two researchers, and they drew this exponential chart, and this exponential chart filtered its way into the media, um, basically caused a national panic. You have people going around spreading all this mis misinformation about you know, this is going to last for 18 months and this is going to be like the killer virus of our time um, with no particular data to back that up. But the, the point is that we never really looked at the, the wide variety of research that we could have found at that time. And then the research that's coming in appears to be debunking um, a lot of those doomsday type narratives that, you know, the, the, this is going to spread so fast throughout the American continent. And then in addition to the research that you were talking about, that this has actually probably been in the country for many months, and we haven't seen um, a national catastrophe. Um, you know, we saw a spike in what was attributed to flu season, but a lot of these numbers are not coming true. So I think, you know, in this age of social media, in this age of media sensationalism, it helped um, exacerbate that, that awful effect yeah. of causing national panic causing shutdown, causing the economy to tank, you know, all of these factors, unfortunately go back to this one study and we're, we're so far, you know, into this madness that people really, you know, I, I kind of retrace it a little bit and a couple other people have to this study, but a lot of people are so consumed with this that they don't realize that a lot of this stuff that they're hearing is, is just not coming out to be true about specifically the, the yeah. coronavirus. So what do you say to people that will say, look, you know, you can't deny your eyes. If you're going to say this is like another bad flu season or maybe an on par with H1N1 and there was no reason to do this. Well, how do you explain what's going on in New York City? I mean, you know, aren't the hospitals very strained? Don't we see this run on ventilators that, you know, we didn't have during H1N1 or, or elsewhere? And doesn't that mean that, my gosh, like we got to we got to curve this. Uh, you know, if we don't stop this, we're going to run out of ventilators and we're going to have to make uh, decisions in Italy, like Italy made, who's going to live and who's going to die. And when you answer that, Jordan, could you include in your answer 
Italy itself, because that that's the second component. You talk about the study, but it seems like Italy also drove the panic. Well, look, isn't there, you know, an eight percent fatality rate that we're hearing from there? So what's the truth really going on with that? And how does that apply to what we're seeing maybe in New York's hospitals as well? Yeah. So like the COVID-19 virus is not anything to like scoff about, but we know what the data looks like and how it impacts particular segments of the population. Um, elderly, multiple preconditions. Um, and in Northern Italy, you have this kind of toxic um, formulation of an elderly population, everyone smoking, um, people are susceptible to you know, respiratory failure, lung damage. And also there's studies coming out of Italy that they're basically, you know, the systems are so overwhelmed that even the, uh, the, mini- the Ministry of Health in Italy said that they are going to probably revise the numbers because they're seeing a lot of people dying of like respiratory failure and they don't have time to, you know, test these people. Mm. And they're basically saying, you know, they must have died from COVID-19 and we're just going to say this is a COVID-19 death. But now there were reports coming out um, from the National Institute of Health that said that 88% of those deaths are unrelated to COVID-19. Um, and, you know, we're definitely not trying to downplay the situation. I mean, it, it's, it's a real virus. Um, it's a it's a real pandemic, but but the fact is that you know it the the whole idea that this is some kind of like killer virus is unscientific, and in addition to that, you know everyone looks at the Italy model, Italy model, but there's you know we have a very different demographic um, in America, we have a much bigger population, very widespread. Um, you know this is definitely going to cause trouble for urban areas. Sure. But there's 180 other countries. Many are dealing with them effectively with many different strategies, um, not including that lockdown. Some are including lockdown. You know, there's a lot of ways to look at this. And I think just like hitting the panic button is the worst thing that our policymakers are doing. So that's the thing here. I want to talk about different countries because it kind of is confusing. I think that's what's confusing people. I used to go along the demographic route, like you were saying, like, yeah, Italy's old. They, they smoke like chimneys there. That's what it is. But and then I was like, well, you know, and they have all the people from China there. But you know, look, they don't have anywhere near the amount of people we have from China. Um, right. That's for sure. And, you know, so it's certainly gotten here. It had to have gotten to it's inconceivable that it got to Italy before America. And we have a lot more travel on the foreign students and everything that they do, even even Lombardy, which does have the textile workers there. Is a hundred thousand of them, but again, we have a lot more than that. So, it it definitely came here. Um, I think that that the article that was published in the UK Sun over the weekend is is the culprit. It, it's the toxicology reports because this is it, it's very interesting. The two ways that I uncovered the lie of CDC, which they actually had to retract about the opioid crisis. You know how they fudge the data between they called the fentanyl pr- prescription, even because technically it is prescribed uh, on a very limited basis to cancer patients and patches, but none of those were dying from it. It was it was the street thugs that were you know throwing in heroin and everything, and they would conflate the data. And it was I used two things: toxicology and time. And and it, the timing showed it didn't make sense. I was like, wait a minute. I was like, wait a minute. Opioid, opioid. When did this thing start? 
and then they actually came out and darn you know as, as you're talking i'll i'll dig it up but basically they found they had to write what i wrote in the end which is that prescriptions had already been choked off from 2010 to 2012 and prescription deaths were way down and the the surge in drug deaths didn't start till 2014 2015 so it was all illicit drugs and the whole thing was lie so it's a similar thing here we're saying the timing makes a big difference but also the toxicology so what we noticed when we studied that was that any druggie most of them had poly drugs in their in their bloodstream because they binged everything they binged benzodiazepines they had alcohol they binged heroin meth cocaine and then often they would have oxy in them but not that they were prescribed oxy and they were like a normal stable pain patient that couldn't like control themselves on oxy they were a drug addict they happened to steal oxy too but that has no bearings on you know people that were normally prescribed but they would put that down in the toxicology as an oxy death rather than really it's a heroin death so that's what i'm wondering is the 800 pound gorilla here in the room that different countries and different states how do we even know in america what is what is a covid 19 death because let me just give some examples so you have italy is like oh the, you know 5400 deaths spain is the other big one that's growing with 2200 deaths but then you have germany which is at a 0.03% death rate you have israel which is now at um something like 1700 cases and one death so that's even a lower death rate than germany it's like 0.01 like a one tenth of a percent and then one other piece of information i want you to put this together for us is you look okay oh uh, you know italy's an older population let me give you an older population the 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 diamond princess cruise ship okay that was almost all seniors 3700 people on it it's the ultimate petri dish like based on what they're telling us you would think you have a cruise ship of elderly people i and, and then you didn't tell me the result daniel fill in the blank what do you think happened well based on what they're describing it the media is describing i would say every single person got it and i don't know a thousand two thousand people died instead 712 people got it as of now what i could see um, according to WHO, eight people died. OK, that is a one point two nine percent mortality rate. So doesn't that again, Germany, Israel, Diamond Princess, what we're seeing from New York, despite all the chaos, point eight percent. Doesn't that prove necessarily that what's going on with Italy is the way they're counting the toxicology? Yeah, and in addition to that, Diamond, I, think, I don't know if you mentioned this, but the Diamond Princess passengers, I, they skew towards the highest risk population. So you have elderly with um, you know, preconditions, medical issues. The average age of Diamond Princess was two decades older than the average American. And they were basically stuck on this ship with recirculating air. And somehow, you know, it, it goes to show that these transmission numbers, that there's something off about them and that at least um, we can learn a lesson about hopefully if we can take one thing from this whole panic epidemic, we can le learn a lesson about making sure that at least our scientific studies are, are peer reviewed before we act upon them. Yeah. And maybe, you know, look at a why it's just, you know, in this area era of media sensationalism, you have to wonder whether something like this is just going to continue happening again and again. 
um, there's so many stories that just kind of are are like this nowadays. You know, you talked about the opioid crisis, but you know, when I think about it, I think of the Trump Russia thing, um, with all what the intelligence community tried to do to the president. And it's stuff like that, that we really need to be cautious about, you know, before we, we throw the baby out with the bathwater, we should really, you know, and this is what, you know, I could encourage people to read Steve Dace's piece on the blaze today, but this is really the conversation, the national conversation we need to be having is, you know, why do we, why did we overreact to this? Not saying it, it's a nothing burger, of course, like it's a real pandemic virus, but why did we, you know, why are we instituting policies pushing forward national collapse um, when exactly. we can deal with this in a much more rational way? And, and the new numbers coming out today from all the top financial institutions they're basically unanimous that if this, if these policies continue, we're seeing um, economic woes worse than the Great Depression. Um, of course, Q2, Q2 is on course to be the worst um, economic quarter in American history. Like, so this is the kind of stuff we're talking about. So, so that's why, like, I get super aggravated when I see a lot of people saying, hmm. "Oh, you need to listen to Dr. Fauci and err on the side of caution." <laughs> Um, it, it's like, it, it, it's insanity. These people it's like aren't, saying I should cut off your head because you have cancer and air on the side of caution. Well, then it's irrelevant. I mean, like there's gotta be some, and, and again, I'm not criticizing, you know, uh, a week ago, Friday, right? I'm not criticizing the initial, I understand people were very confused because there was the Italy thing. We couldn't get a handle. I think now we have a little bit of a better perspective with still some questions. We don't have all the answers. There's a lot of conflicting data and we want to inch through this. But now that we got, we've gone over a week and we see that in the hardest hit area and literally as I'm talking, because I have updated numbers from WHO. So I'm just going to do this. What is this? 20,875 positive tests in New York. Okay, Jordan, we are down to 0.0075 in New York City. Okay, there's more deaths. They're up to 157 deaths, 20,875 cases. But again, it's likely much more than that. The denominator is much, much greater if you look at totality, everyone who got it. Because again, if you're going to take a high risk, elderly, a lot of sick people, you know, these type of people take cruises, on a cruise ship, which is a petri dish of recirculated air, and you're telling me that with them the death rate was 1.29 percent, and the, and the key here, Jordan, is the Diamond Princess is the only place in the world where we know a curve because we, you can only have a curve if you know the starting point. We know a starting point and an endpoint because it's contained. We got it. We got all the people on it. Whereas and we don't know a single country exactly, even South Korea, um, and I want you to talk about that later too. Singapore and any of the European countries or America, when the heck did this start? We see, oh, more cases, more cases. We're up to, what is it, 466 deaths here. But not really, because we clearly had them in January and February. But on the Diamond Princess, we have the starting and end point. And in the sickest population, in the worst circumstances imaginable, much worse than than an urban area. It's it's, it's the ultimate thing. One point two nine percent. It's likely that you know, and, and New York City is tracking at, and I say New York City. It's it's really New York State, but it's pr- predominantly a city. Point you know three quarters of a percentage. Okay, that's where it's tracking now, and it's going down. 
The trend right. as that's the irony. As bad as it is in New York, the trend is down because the denominator is growing. And I think what'll kind of help prove our thesis um, about coronavirus already being here is you're going to start to see, um, well, it not only prove our thesis, but kind of we'll get much, a much greater sense of the lethality of this thing, assuming that it's already been around a lot of the general population. If these numbers continue to go down, um, but the problem is, you know, economically, we can't, we can't wait any longer. Right. So like now we yes. have, we're in day eight of day 15, the entirety of New York city, the financial capital of the world is shut down right now. And if people don't understand exactly the, the global impact that's going to have, they should really, and, and like, you know, they, I, I see some people and I have some friends and, and acquaintances saying, you know, Oh, it's just the economy. But a lot of people forget that the economy is society. You can't. People will die. Healthcare. Right. Healthcare. I mean, if people you, if, will die from the scarcity of stuff. And not, not only that, your people, this is going to, there's going to be a national depression that there, there's so many underlying issues that, that just people just don't seem to be seeing. And it's so easy to be that politician that sits on their hands, continues to collect their paycheck. You know, they're not seeing it. They're not the, they're, they're not, not the small business owners. Yeah. They're not the people making sure the supply chain still moving in America that, you know, they're trying to figure out what to order for the restaurant, if they can reopen, what they can deliver, you know, how many customers they're allowed to have, um, trying to keep up with these draconian regulations, trying to survive. Um, these politicians are acting like they're not only acting like bullies, they're acting like cowards. And, and these people were not elected to act like cowards, especially. Um, they need to be looking out for their constituents um, and, and they need to do a lot better in, in doing the research themselves. It, it, it's frankly embarrassing that they're, that they're shaming like the, this, this whole like shut down national lockdown policy. Um, that's quarantine not how, shaming. Well, this whole thing about people shouldn't be going outside. People shouldn't be going, uh, to parks. Uh, the, the research shows us on, on the spread of, of viral infections that COVID-19 is basically the same as uh, the other pandemics throughout history. I mean, if you keep your distance and you're outside, there's a very low, ch like, this isn't some like, you know, bubonic plague that that's, you know, you cough and someone 30 yards away is going to magically catch it. You know, it, it, a lot of these policies are, are not only dumb, yeah. but they're, they're unscientific yeah. and, and they're just caused by this giant national panic and these governors need to stop. And, and they have such nerve talking about civilization killing legislation presupposing a self-fulfilling prophecy of a long-term shutdown rather than working on how do we reopen it and to better de demand better data and better just a statement of narrative because again you know you could go back to work you could have a policy of wearing masks doing certain things but they're going even more from from like severe distancing to lockdown but like, yeah. where's the evidence to go, you know, to go to home, home arrest, try to at least keep as many things, meaning people are already scared out of their wits. No one's going to congregate and crowd themselves into a restaurant. So why go the last step of using the boot of government to lock it down, which, by the way, aside from everything else we're talking about, that is a very severe liberty concern because you are not going to put that genie back in that bottle, because right. my concern is. 
Come next flu season, this is going to keep happening. All these things emanate from China. They're going to do it on purpose now. And when I say on purpose, I mean, even if they don't like concoct it, but clearly there's something going on with their habits, with the animals and everything that's generating this. So once they have it, they're going to keep conning the world and not informing people when it comes out. So we're going to keep having these problems because that's another thing. I'm sick of, I call it the not one more life crowd. If even we could save one life. But the problem with that is, dude, that ship sailed the day we didn't have the information when it came out and we didn't shut off travel from China. So that's baked. It got into the country and like the flu and pneumonia and perhaps worse, like like more like pneumonia. I mean, it's bad. It's, it is bad. The forms that people get it in, people will die. Um, but that is baked. That's baked into the cake like like a lot of things we do. And it's like I'm looking now, California, massive, massive state. They're recording 35 deaths. Right. And the I, entire I mean, state's on lockdown. And, and like again, it's can, very I'm confined. Sure you can it's get, very confined. In, in, most, in most counties, you can get arrested for just traveling. If, if you're not going to the grocery store, you yeah, can get arrested. You can get arrested. Except like if you're looting the store, you don't get arrested now because they, they're, they're letting people out of prison. And, um, and that's another thing. I mean, conveniently... Every agenda item of the left is somehow brought out to this. Like and you can't question that. And, and let me add to that. Speaking of the left, um, to add to some doubt to this hysterical Imperial College study, um, Steve Dace and I kind of did some research on this. And it turns out that that whole Imperial College is, has some interesting funding mechanisms. <laughs> and the most prominent funder of the, those institutions and in that in the academic institution is this one billionaire who has donated um, 99% of his life savings to tackling climate change. So th this same college is producing reports saying that the world is, you know, like the AOC Bernie stuff, like the world's going to end in seven years if we don't shut down um, fossil fuels entirely, right? So you can kind of see where their reporting's coming from when they're talking about pandemics. So there's also an agenda in play here that we need to watch out for. Um, you know, these are scorched earth funded people that uh, they don't necessarily care about burning the world down if it gets their priorities in order. Exactly. So it, it's so it's so dangerous. Um, you know, you want you want to talk about the spread of misinformation and fake news. Like I know that New York Times and CNN and Washington Post, they obsess over these issues, but they are the ones that are spreading the fake news. They're spreading uh, non peer reviewed projections from people that are funded by, you know, climate change people uh, saying that the world's going to end in seven years. And they're happily saying, you know, this is enough data for us to conclude that if we don't, if we don't, you know, put a nuclear bomb inside the country and, and blow it up economically, that, you know, millions of people are going to die. So that's what we're working with. Oh, man, Th this is this is so depressing. Man, I, I I don't know what to do. I, I just like no one's listening. And all the even the conservative members in, of Congress. Oh, the threshold for the cutoff of the twelve hundred dollar rebate. They're so into this stupid minutia. Right. And oh, Pelosi wants to put an abortion and global warming and 10 solar. I get it. But you both are fundamentally agreeing to the premise of a bubonic plague. And you're both fundamentally agreeing to trillions of dollars in spending with but 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 shutting down our economy so what's the point meaning there is no amount of money you could print to solve the problem they're trying to create and rather than that why don't we get the truth 
Now, one question I'm getting asked by people um, is this. Well, okay, but if it's the CDC conning us, then why are other countries doing this too? It's not just us. Everyone's going to lockdown. Yeah, yeah. So this this study actually pushed forward a lot of those policies of lockdown. Um, but there's, you know, it's not necessarily that a lot of countries are going through lockdown. Like if you look in the Asian continent, um, like you pull up a, a live, you can pull up a live stream of Seoul, uh, Tokyo, Beijing. And I know the numbers out of China are not to be trusted. Uh, well, right now it's actually nighttime, but if you, this evening, when the, when the podcast goes up, if you look at what's going on in the streets, you might be shocked to find that people are walking around as normal. Um, so that's how they're dealing with it, with aggressive tracing. Um, there's a lot of studies that are coming out saying that the whole thing about asymptomatic spread is unproven at best. And actually, these people, a lot of these people are mostly pre-symptomatic. And that if you get mm. this virus, um, you know, it's not the end of the world, but there will be some symptoms that will develop. So it's, it's basically we need to understand. And I think that a lot of people need to tell their, their legislators that Americans are capable of taking care of themselves, being responsible. Um, if you have symptoms, we're not saying, you know, go, go out and sneeze on everyone, but the alternative is, is, you know, you have two sides that I can see you either choose national lockdown. We don't trust anyone. We're locking all Americans in place or a more rational policy of, Hey, maybe the sick and elderly should, should be quarantined and we should, you know, put American families in charge of being responsible for them. And Americans need to start going back to work because if we don't start going back to work, we're facing the worst economic catastrophe in American history. And that's unacceptable. And or they no, need to pres- yeah right I'm sorry and there's, no, there's your- no data to, to prove that for that that we need that lockdown is essential I, I mean or they need to present us with data they need to right. answer these questions I mean it, it like here's the thing it's enough to say look you know man there, there's a massive blizzard you know sometimes they do this they shut down the roads in an area you know it's gonna be for 24 hours. At worst, 48 hours. And all right, let's let's deal with this. But if you are going to do this and tighten it even more and more and more and give no definitive thing other than we're sure we need to spend this welfare. We're sure we need to spend this bailout. We're sure we need to let prisoners out of jail, which is insane because that's the ultimate quarantine. Heck, that's what they want to do to all of us because all prisoners, they already were in, in prison. And, and now that we know this thing has been around for a while, why would you spread them around? It makes no sense, but we know they always want to do jailbreak. So they're going to do I mean, every single thing they always wanted to do, they're doing anyway. Um, We need answers. We need answers before you're going to do that. A basic question. Again, we know that 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 thirty six thousand, whatever, have been tested positive, thirty eight, thirty nine thousand, by the time, whatever this is, have tested positive since March 5th. Four hundred sixty or so have died. OK, and assuming we could even trust what exactly you know because often people come in with a bunch of issues um and it could be they would have died anyway but let's say overwhelmingly they they were due to this but what about the 10 to 20 days before march 5th what about 30 to 40 days before march 5th what about perhaps 
a couple weeks even before that. I mean, that we are not getting answers. And and again, it's just it it doesn't. And like we said, we saw with the Diamond Princess. I mean, that that is the only place where we have a full picture of what happened under the worst circumstances. So, um, ah, man, and any closing thoughts, Jordan? Yeah, there's a great paper that just came out from um, an early skeptic of the whole, you know, coronavirus panic. Uh, John Ioannidis of uh, Stanford University, um, famous uh, epidemiologist, really serious person. Uh, We could definitely link to it in the show notes. Yeah. Uh, the, the title of the, the thesis, it's a, um, you know, published at Stanford University, Coronavirus Disease 2019, the Harms of Exaggerated Information and Non-Evidence-Based Measures. So if you want w- what we're saying from a renowned Stanford professor of medicine, uh, this is essential reading. And it goes into how basically these, these highly flawed, uh, non-peer-reviewed claims that the, this epidemic, this pandemic was going to get way out of control. Um, it was not based on strong evidence. These, these exponential curves were, were baseless. Um, they came from comparisons to uh, ancient pandemics where we didn't have uh, basic sanitation in the world at the time. Um, it, it prints a list of countless flaws, countless assumptions. It's essential reading. And I hope that everyone can take this piece of information because it's not from you and I, it's from, it's from a medical doctor. You know, we're the, we're the public policy people. Anyone is qualified to talk public policy, but these specific, what we cut these non-evidence-based measures. And we have some, finally some articles coming out from the experts of experts saying, this isn't the way we need to do it. Um, these, you need to print this stuff out, give it to your congressman, give it to your local authorities, give it to your state's governors, you know, get in, get in contact with your political contacts and show them the evidence that this, this side of the national lockdown is insanity. Wow. Very well said. Very informative folks go to his Twitter feed. You got to follow Jordan at Shaktel Jordan S C H uh, a uh, C T E L is Shaktel Jordan um jordan keep us updated as time goes on and uh keep pounding the pavement all right jan daniel appreciate it thanks for your time all righty take care god bless well there you have it folks that was jordan shackdale and uh again there are so many things to discuss there's the jailbreak stuff that is insane like i said with the administration now pushing this stuff i mean i, I have a friend that just sent me a, a message four more coke staffers were brought in to the white house i mean who is president Jared Kushner or Donald Trump? I mean, at some point the man has got to decide. So we got those problems. There's issue after issue. There was just a crazy Supreme court case that came out while I was on, uh, on air. This, see, this, this is the last thing I need where they actually struck down a jurisdiction stripping provision dealing with criminal aliens. And only Thomas dissented. I believe I, I got to check this out. I'll try to run it tomorrow. Gorsuch and Kavanaugh screwing us again. I mean, the whole Republican Party is a myth. It's a hoax. How about that? The Republican Party itself is the hoax. This is why, guys, I need you to go to our sanctuary. Hurwitz Citizen Sanctuary. It's a Facebook page. You could search it on Facebook. Hurwitz Citizen Sanctuary. 
a group of our fans got together and are putting together a page where you know they're share, sharing articles, getting good information out there. You could go and comment and share your stories um, and your links that will help them communicate more with me. They're helping me gather more information. So at least, you know, it's not me doing this alone. But, you know, I hope to make bigger and better things out of this and create a new movement out of this because we don't have a movement. The entire movement is fighting over, you know, whether while Republicans are presupposing the wrong destruction of our economy, just like the Democrats are, and then their solutions of jailbreak and bailouts and and bankruptcy. Well, Democrats want to add an abortion and solar funding or something. I mean, it's like they're literally arguing over the last point zero percent. That's what you're going to hear on Rush and Sean. Oh, you guys are blocking. We want to help people. Pelosi's blocking us. Well, actually, no, we want to get this right. We want to stop the shutdown. And have the right medical diagnosis, get our economy moving again, and then the severity of what we're going to have to do fiscally won't be as much as what you are engendering. A lot more going on. Again, stay tuned to my um, Twitter page at rmconservative, uh, conservativereview.com for written articles, as well as going to Harwood Citizen Sanctuary on Facebook where you can see some of the latest we have. Send an email. You could click send an email to send to our team. Um, if you have good information, good stories, um, if you're a doctor and have good experience on this, what you've been treating in the clinics, hospitals, your office in January, February, let's try to piece the truth together like we've done so often because we sure as heck are not going to get it from the political class, which unfortunately includes Republicans and the phony conservative media. Till tomorrow. Same time, same place. We'll be back here. God bless you all and may God keep us safe. Mm-hmm.